Greetings, another Boilers Extra podcast coming your way through SoundCloud.com, um, JCOnline.com. Uh, Mike Garman here after Purdue's 30 to 21 victory over Oregon State to open the 2021 season with a victory. And in my opinion, that's the most important thing to take away from this game. Purdue won. It wasn't pretty. Um, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't going to be perfect. If you're looking for perfection, you're looking in the wrong place. Um, but there, there were some things I, I think, obviously, they can build on and improve um, as they get through this season. Um, you know, the first thing that, that really comes to mind is, you know, the defense played better than it did last year. It still had some mistakes, and, you know, it still had some busted coverages, and, uh, you know, it had some missed tackles, and, you know, all those things that that, that you that you know that are, that are going to happen. But just the way they approached the game and just the way that they unleashed their, their better players with George Karloftis, obviously, um, wreaking havoc, you know, his stats don't really tell the story of what kind of game that that he had I thought he had a tremendous game um I think that he had four tackles but just his presence um forced Oregon State's offensive line to adjust to him and you know he was fighting through double teams he was getting pressure on the quarterback he was getting some some hits Uh, he never got that that sack or that big play that uh, I think we all know that he'll get at some point this year, but you know he, he was just a standout uh, tonight. And I you know I thought Purdue uh, used him wisely. He was he was not in there on every play. Uh, the whole goal was to rotate as many bodies as possible uh, through you know the first three quarters or so until you needed you needed people to make plays in the fourth quarter you were not gassed and you know once once Oregon State picked up the tempo when they got behind nine points the first time um, you know the defense got gassed a little bit you know they got tired because you know Oregon State played fast and it put put Purdue on its heels and you know they 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 were in some trouble but I think the rotation from earlier in the game you know, Purdue's defense really took control of this game after uh, Purdue fell behind seven nothing. Uh, there was a string of, you know, three and outs. Uh, there was string a string of big plays. Um, it, it's just, you know, we'll get to this in a little bit, but you know, the offense just didn't put the ball in the end zone enough early in the game to stretch that lead. It's it's sixteen to seven when in reality, you know, it should have been. 28 to 7. Uh, you know, Purdue should have had at least a three touchdown lead uh, on that team, but, you know, execution problems in the red zone, execution problems on third down, uh, some drop passes, um, you know, some other problems that happened, you know, really cost them a chance to, to, to get there, to have that lead, to have that comfortable lead and force Oregon State into something that it doesn't like to do. But, you know, I thought the defense, you know, they, you know, gave up less than 400 yards, uh, which in today's college football world is 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 tremendous. 
Um, they got off the field on third down enough. I think Oregon State was five of fifteen. Uh, they got a turnover. They got a takeaway. Cam Allen's interception. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the defense showed that you know it can it can it can play this year. It can do some things. It can stand up when it needs to. Uh, yeah, Purdue's going to face better teams. You know, two weeks you got Notre Dame, then you then you're into the Big Ten season uh, with Illinois and then Minnesota. So yeah, there's some much tougher opponents coming up. But you know, for for this team, for this defense in its first game with the new coaches and the new the new scheme that they're running, uh, I, I thought they they held up well. Uh, with, you know, everything being considered. Uh, but yeah, there's 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 improvement that needs to be made. Um, you know, I still worry about their linebackers uh, from a from a depth standpoint. Um, you know, along with George Karloftis, Jalen Graham had a had a really good game. I mean, he was physical. He was flying all over the place. Um, that that guy has come into his own a little bit. He seems to be in the right position. He can go back and forth between outside linebacker and, and nickel if they need him to. But um, he he was out there making plays. Um, tonight, <coughs> excuse me, but he he was out there. I thought he had a really, I thought he had a really good game. Uh, of course, one of the plays of the game was Corey Trice uh, deflecting that fourth down pass when uh, Oregon State was trying to go deep to to really take control of the game. But his closing speed to knock that pass away is something that he's done in practice a lot, and it's something that you know I've been talking to Jack Plummer. Uh, about it, you know, it's something he has to face every day in practice, and same, you know, David Bell's got to face that too. And you know, David Bell's one of the top receivers in the country, and Corey Trice is going against him every day. But Trice just has the perfect body to play cornerback with his his long arms, uh, you know, and that tremendous wingspan, and then his athleticism to to close. To make sure, I mean, I, at the time that was the play of the game. Uh, it's still a big part of why Purdue won uh, when he made that play. But you know, obviously, you know things changed uh, later in the game. You know, offensively, um, early on, offensive line just really struggled to to keep that pass rush off Jack Plummer. I, I never thought I, I never thought Plummer got really comfortable back there until. You know, maybe before halftime and into the third quarter, um, and Oregon State's defensive line, you know, made made it a problem for for Purdue's offense to really run effectively because of the pressure they were bringing. And Purdue still wasn't a, a, a tremendously effective running the ball. It got some chunks here and there, got some yards here and there. Horvath grinded out. Um, a, a decent number, but um, you know the, the run game has to, you know, run game is going to be uh, I, just the whole work in progress thing for 12 games. You know, I, I don't think they're ever going to reach a point where the run game, you know, you're really going to be satisfied with the run game. Now, maybe this week at Connecticut is is a time where you you, you boost yourself up from a running standpoint, but. Uh, with the game in Connecticut, you're just trying to go win it and not get anybody hurt. Uh, don't suffer a letdown. Don't suffer. Don't suffer anything like that. 
but you know, offensively, it was it was a bit of a struggle for Purdue. Um, they had good field position several times, uh, but never really took full advantage of it. Uh, maybe until late. Uh, but um, it, you know, it's first game. You're gonna have you're gonna have some bumps. You're gonna have some some ups and downs, and you know, it's not gonna be perfect, and um, and nor should it be. Uh, because you, you don't want the first game to be the high water mark of your season, but um, you know, but they they got things going offensively, and you know they start using the middle of the field more, uh, you know, with Bell on some slants, uh, but then obviously they got Payne Durham involved in the last couple drives, and the the 50 yard touchdown pass sealed it. You know, Purdue's facing third and one, and this is a situation that you know I've talked about a lot. Where how how are they going to be able to put a game away, finish a game? You know when they face these situations. These are these are situations in the past that have that have come back and haunted them, where they haven't been able to convert a third and one. Uh, you end up punting and you give the team one last opportunity to to win the game. Well, they didn't run the ball on this play. They just you know little fake and Durham sneaks out and. He's wide open, could have walked into the end zone. Uh, they lost track of him. Uh, it was a second touchdown of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we all thought the first, um, you know, after Trice had knocked the, the ball away on the on the defensive play, then Purdue comes down and, you know, scores. And you thought that was it, but Oregon State came right back. And, you know, Jeff Brown mentioned it after the game, just, this team being able to respond and they did they, they kept responding they kept responding it's a sign of maturity uh it's a sign of of progress but you know since last year all they've talked about is finishing games and uh, they, they proved that they could do it tonight you know they're going to, have to prove it again and the next time they're in that situation it may not work but they have this experience now to lean on you know, offensively, they did, they did end up with over 400 yards. Uh, Plummer threw for uh, 313. Uh, Bell had a big game, another 100-yard game for him. Durham had a 100-yard, 120-yard game. Uh, Durham had 90 yards after after the catch. The yak yards, 90, 90 of his 120 came after the catch. So, um, you know, the big guy was, you know, I've I, I, I felt that the tight ends haven't been used as much as they should have during Jeff's first four years. Uh, and when he got when he got here, it was touted as that they would really use the tight ends. And I, I, I just don't think they've done it enough. You know, they've done it in spots, but not not enough, I didn't think. Uh, and, I, you know, and I, I think for this offense to be successful and get out of some of the issues it had tonight, you know, they're going to have to utilize that tight end. Uh, you're going to have to have some quick passes to the tight end to, to counter that pressure. But also thought Brown did a good job with his play calling um, and just kind of giving him his team an edge. You know, I thought Purdue played with an edge tonight. He coached with an edge. Um, it was good to see. You know, I think this was a little bit like Jeff Brown in his first two years. And it really has not a lot to do with the number of trick plays that they ran. It was just more about how he kind of kept pushing it and, 
you know, not, not pushing the ball downfield so much, but just, you know, kind of being aggressive with what, what he was doing. And yeah, the trick plays help with that. Um, or the, the little gadget plays that they, that they've run. Um, you know, and I, I think he was, you know, a little bit like he was his first couple years and, you know, it helps when you execute those plays, but you know, he was, um, you know, I thought he, he played a role in this win tonight. Uh, and you got to give credit to the defensive coaching staff. And, you know, I, I think I've said before, you know, the defensive line, uh, if they do anything this year, they're going to play hard and they're not going to make every play, but I thought they played hard tonight. You had a combination of, uh, the two transfers, uh, Lewis and Boyd, Dean and Johnson, your, your holdovers from last year. Jack Sullivan got playing time on the line. George got playing time on the line. Uh, Demarcus Mitchell playing time. Uh, uh, Kydra Jenkins actually started at the Leo position. So they rotate a lot of bodies there. And, you know, and I think, you know, when Purdue needed to make some plays, they, they were fresh enough uh, to do that. Obviously, there's a lot of concerns uh, coming out of this game. Uh, you know, the drop passes, uh, the Milton Wright had a sure touchdown pass, uh, after the, um, well, right before the, uh, trick play that Jack Albers, uh, threw that went through Payne Durham's hands, didn't control it enough and got taken away by an OSU defender. Uh, but you know, Wright, Wright's got to make that catch. You know, we've seen Milton drop a lot of balls during his career, um, and you, you chalk it up to inexperience, you know, the last couple of years. But, I mean, he just, he just got to make that play. That's just the bottom line. He just has to make that play. And, that, you know, that, that took some points off the board for Purdue. And poor Jack Alberts. I mean, he's going to be stuck with a quarterback rating of minus 200. Who knows, for the rest of his career because of that, uh, that interception on that, on that trick play. So, <laughs> poor guy. May not he may not get out of a negative number as a quarterback rating, but special teams was solid um, for the most part. You know Mitchell Finneran, you know three field goals um, for him, which you know that that's that's a positive. You know Purdue was getting some points when you know, when they should have gotten more, but they still were getting points. You know and you know the kickoffs are landing in the end zone. You know Jack Ansel. Uh, did not hit his 40-yard average that he wants to hit. He was just below that, I think, around 37 or 38. So he'll he'll get back in the in the chemistry lab and figure that out. But you know, his one the one punt that landed at the one-yard line was a was was pretty was a thing of beauty. Uh, I don't think he could have rolled it up there any better. So and there were and there were more starters on special teams. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, special teams did not, you know, cost Purdue on this night. Now, uh, there was some confusion on the sidelines with some special team stuff, forcing Jeff to call a timeout when he didn't want to. In fact, Purdue used all of its timeouts in the second half. They were out of timeouts with 3.28 to go. It didn't come back and bite them, but uh, there was some um, there were some game management issues on the sideline that need to get fixed that that we saw tonight. I mean, that, that just can't happen. I mean, before Purdue's last 
drive after Oregon State had come within um, 23 to 21, uh, Purdue gets called for delay a game. And instead of first and 10, when you're trying to, and all you need is a first down because they have two timeouts left, but you're, you're, you're now first and 15. You know, that's inexcusable in my mind that you get a delay game penalty coming out of a touchback. I don't care. Coming off a touchback, coming out of a TV timeout, coming out of a timeout, coming out of a change of possession, you should not have a delay game penalty. And that's on the coaching staff. That's just plain and simple. That's on the coaching staff. And, you know, those things didn't, you know, it didn't cost them tonight. But it will cost them if they continue to do those things. And then the unsportsmanlike penalty, uh, I'm not sure exactly who it was on. I know Brown was unhappy with the defensive pass interference call that wasn't made on David Bell that should have been made. And I know he was livid about that. But they're lining up for a field goal. Um, and they've got to take a delay game penalty because everyone's upset over the the play, the flag that wasn't thrown, and then there's an unsportsmanlike penalty call out there, but I'm not sure who it is. Purdue Radio thought that it might have been on uh, an assistant coach who stepped on the field, and that's one of the points of emphasis uh, this season with referees is uh, making sure that coaches stay, uh, you know, on the sideline. They're not on the field, so look for that to be called uh, early in early in uh, uh, you know early this season um, I just passed a cop a sheriff so and he's not moving so I don't know if he's waiting on somebody or or what it's kind of scary but anyway I've, I've done nothing wrong I'm talking into my phone. I've done absolutely nothing wrong, officer. I promise you. Uh, but anyway, uh, th- there's some things on the sideline that, that just need to clean down. And another special teams issue was uh, Oregon State was going to go for it on fourth down in the um, in the third quarter. It was fourth and one. And all of a sudden, Jackson Anthrop is being sent out there to field a punt. And there's no punter coming out for Oregon State. So Brom has to use another timeout. You know, it, it was it was it was chaotic on the sideline tonight, I, I thought. Um, you know, you can say, well, it's all new and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Uh, it's you know, those are things under your control. You know, Brom's been doing this long enough. Uh, assistant coaches have been doing this long enough. Um, that, you know, stuff like that should not be an issue. And, you know, the, you know they'll probably, you know, they'll probably chalk it up to first game stuff, and, you know, that's fine. But those are things that, that those are situations where you lose games because of you're losing five yards here, you're losing 15 yards here. Like Purdue couldn't kick a field goal after the unsportsmanlike penalty because it was too far. So they're trying to get on the scoreboard. Instead, they have to punt. Now, the ball ended up at the one. It all works out. But you get into into different situations, different teams, different games, 
And those things are, are going to haunt you. And to have no timeouts for the last three minutes of the game in a in what was, uh, for a long period of time, a two-point game, um, you just, I mean, you have to manage the situation a lot better than what it was managed tonight. That's just, that's just uh, as simple and as honest as I can put it. But the bottom line of this whole thing, Purdue's one and zero. You know, I've said on a previous podcast they needed to win this game. They had to win this game. The, no other result would really be acceptable. So they are one and zero. They should be two and zero after next week before they head to Notre Dame. So they they put themselves in a position right now to to get this season off to a good start uh, and get through this month of September and early October, maybe with an opportunity uh, to to really gain some momentum uh, heading in heading out heading through this 2021 season. You know this performance tonight's not going to scare anybody in the Big Ten West. It's not going to scare anybody on the schedule. There were too many too many issues. Too many problems, too many mistakes. Uh, there, there were there were some really good plays, but you know this performance is not going to frighten anybody in the Big Ten West. Purdue's still got a lot of work to do. Um, you know they're they're talented in some places, uh, but they're going to have to continue to overcome some adversity and overcome some things uh, for for this season to end that the for this season to be what they they want it to be. All right. Appreciate you stopping by uh, for the, our first post-game Boilers Extra podcast of the 2021 season. Uh, we'll be back early next week uh, to kind of preview what uh, what might happen at Connecticut and everything else going on uh, with the program. Uh, again, appreciate you stopping by and uh, have a good day.